This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Today is uh, Akuma Wednesday. We talk about Akuma and Fish Labs on Wednesday. Fish Labs is the lure company that's owned by Akuma. So that's who our sponsor is for today. So welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We'll get going here in a few seconds. Let a few more people jump on. Let the podcast companies pick up the feed. We are available on all your podcast carriers now. It's pretty amazing. Every podcast carrier has picked us up. We're on every one you can imagine. So you can check out your saltwater guide on any one of the podcast platforms out there. So I want to thank everybody for that. It seems like we're getting some traction. We're getting a bunch of views all over social media, fish, uh, Facebook, YouTube. I think this afternoon, probably around 5 o'clock, we're going to hit 50,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. The thing that's going bananas right now is that spinal cord. The uh, spine of the swordfish. That video is absolutely going full speed across all social media. I'm looking at TikTok right now. It's got 38,000 views. We posted it two hours ago. YouTube, it's got over 2,000 views. Facebook's got 3,700 views. Instagram's got just under 8,000 views. It's, it's, it's an amazing video if you haven't seen it yet. Tommy Gomes introduces me to uh, the fine art of eating swordfish spinal fluid. It is incredibly good to eat. It's amazing the, the amount of, for so many years, until I got together with Tommy Gomes and learned more about fish, I wasted a lot of fish. I feel very bad about it. I feel very shameful. Like Tommy said, hey, we're adults. It's okay to play with your food. Gang, there's so much of the fish that we're missing. And I know you don't miss it, but the rest of us, we're missing out on all kinds of good stuff to eat on this bluefin, on the swordfish, on the calico bass, on the mong trong. Pablo, is everything going good, buddy? Anybody calling you? Anybody want to go fishing? I bet a couple people have called you. I would just think I've had a few people talk to me about it. Stay on the comments on that podcast that you were on with me on Monday. If you guys didn't see that, Pablo got a great opportunity for you to go fishing on his boat in San Diego or have him come with you out on your boat, do the guide service thing with you. Check him out. But um, gang, today we're talking, it's uh, text the show. Wednesday, you can text me any questions you have, anything you might want to know about, or if uh, you think you already know everything, then don't text the show. There's nothing I can help with. Like it says on my website, if you already know anything, or excuse me, if you already know everything, I can't help you. If you want, if you guys want to see something really funny, go down one of my videos on how to tie up your boat or how to fillet a fish or how to park your boat. And just read the thousands and thousands of comments. If you just want to be entertained for a little while, it is absolutely amazing the amount of booger-eating haters out there. Just blows my mind. <laughs> absolutely blows my mind after 48 years of running yachts and sport boats and skiffs and pongas and everything under the sun as far as it floats in the water. And 
All of a sudden now, 48 years later, I start making videos and I have no idea what I'm doing. It's crazy. Kim, Dan, people on the, uh, on the app are asking about where to go fishing tomorrow. They want to go catch a Dorado. You guys had a phenomenal day yesterday. Get on there and answer some questions. Help me out a little bit. You guys were out on the water. You're my front line. Let them know. Get on the app. And those of you that aren't a part of our website, good for you. I'm, I hope you enjoy sucking and catching nothing and driving around for hours on the ocean. Uh, what's the best way to sharpen your knife? With a stone and then a steel. And we got that video coming out, Lonnie. Thanks. Good to see you, Lonnie Brothers. Long time buddy, old friend, old working buddy, world-class surfer bro, Lonnie Brothers has entered the show. We know we made it to the big time now that Lonnie's here with us. Holy moly, the amazing, amazing, amazing amount of people watching this show. When I was at the at the Pacific Coast Sport, or excuse me, not the Pacific, when I was at the uh, Bill Shedd Lifetime Conservation Award dinner, I was shocked by the industry. The industry's watching us, gang. The industry's listening to us. The industry's watching us. Big names in the industry were thanking me for my podcast. People that I would never in my wildest imagination think would watch this are watching it. So I learned a lot. I learned that there's a lot of people that are very influential in the sport fishing industry that are actually watching our podcast. So I want to thank all of them. And Robbie Gant, thank you very much for letting me know that you watched the podcast. It was a pleasure to know that. I took that one to heart. You kind of got a big name in the industry, so that kind of made me feel good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're talking about everything, Brandon. We talk about everything every single day. Brandon, here's a, here's a good idea. If you don't like what I'm saying, don't watch. It's simple. Oh, my gosh, Brandon, you poor guy. You think I care what you, oh, no, it's text the show Wednesday, crybaby Brandon. Gang, go ahead and make a lame comment. I'll light you up like a Christmas tree. I'll make you cry. I. It's amazing how many people I trigger that watch my show and are triggered by my show. Don't watch. Don't be a booger eater and don't make lame comments. <laughs> you can't help it though, man. Get a big bug and eat it. You want to learn about Bluefin? All right, well then go learn Sign up to my website. You never have to suck again. But that, that um, the show is ab about whatever everyone wants to know about. We answer all questions. We cover everything on this show. We do it live every day, Monday, Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I talk about bluefin, dorado, calico bass, sand bass, halibut. I talk about everything. But yeah, I give props to my listeners and my viewers. Yep, absolutely. So just take a deep breath, relax. We do this for an hour. We're seven minutes into it. We already got people crying. Isn't that amazing? Just absolutely amazing to me. It blows my mind. It just blows my mind. When I was a little boy and I was watching, I told you this yesterday, I watched cartoons in the morning and I would go, oh, mom, I don't like Hong Kong fooey. Can you give me the, I need to call CBS and tell them I don't like Hong Kong fooey. What the? What is going on? What happened to the world? What did this disconnect happen? Gang, if you want to text me a question, if you have any questions about anything, bluefin, blackfin, yellowfin, dorado, how to park your boat, how to anchor, why is anchoring important? Whatever it is, feel free to text the show, 949-374-0786. And uh, let us know what you want to know. Chuck Annunciation, hello, buddy. I hope you had a good time in Hawaii. The pictures looked incredible. And uh, gang, why we wait? We got a question here right away. Okay. What, how many years old is a 200 pound bluefin? This young man's wife asked him this question and he thought he just might as well ask me. Here's what I found out from the years of fishing for a living is the Pacific bluefin doesn't get as big as the Atlantic bluefin. So they're two different different uh, animals out there in the water. And according to what I learned, the Pacific bluefin, it takes them five to seven years to get to 200 pounds. And it takes the Atlantic bluefin. It takes the Atlantic bluefin 
nine to 10 years to get to 200 pounds. So they're not a fast growing fish. It takes time. Uh, but uh, gang, newsflash, one of our members just sent me a message right now. Big, giant white sea bass caught at Orange Rocks, Catalina. Right this second, gang. Right this second. He just sent the, the message in. Right this second at Orange Rocks at Catalina. Unbelievable. So that's how long it takes for a bluefin to get to 200 pounds. And uh, thank you for the question. That was great. And uh, we got, <clears throat> let's see, who was that? Don't know. Guys, if you got a question, remember also we give away a t-shirt on this show every Wednesday and every Thursday for, I pick one lucky person from the question thing. Gang, that bluefin tuna thing that's going on out here right now, they are biting like they've never bit before. It's really, really, really good fishing right now. It's on the, it's on the, uh, at night on the <clears throat> slow pitch Carnata jigs. And during the daytime, a lot of that fish is coming off of the, uh, Mad Mac. If you look at Justin's post, he did very, very well on the Mad Mac. And it's also coming off the kite with the flying fish. The guys that are flying the kite and fishing the flyer are having an absolute extraordinary time. It's really, really good fishing right now. Really good fishing. But it's really, really, really important to keep. Where do they catch them, Lonnie? All you got to do is become a member of the website. Every single, we make it so that no one fails. No members, right? Dan, Kim, Max, Grant, everybody that's a part of this thing. Check it out, gang. All the posts of all the bluefin that are being caught on our uh by our members, we tell you exactly where they're being caught at. But the big thing is, gang, and a lot of people are failing when they're out there, is you've got to pay attention. This bluefin thing is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. And you're not seeing the posts from all the people that are not catching anything. You're not seeing those posts. You're only seeing the post of the guys that are going out there and catching fish. So understand, you've got to get out there and you got to pay attention. I can send you out eight miles west of the west end of Catalina where the fish are, I can send you out there. But if you're not looking, if you're not paying attention, you're never going to find them. You're just not going to, because it's not easy. You got to really be paying attention. You see the videos and you see the pictures of the foamers and you see that going on, but it doesn't tell you about the four or five hours they spent driving around on that same water, not seeing anything. This bluefin thing is not easy, but it when you do finally find them, then it's super easy, super duper easy. Gang, if you got questions, send them to my phone at 949-374-0786. I can't answer your questions you're sending in on YouTube or Facebook. I can only answer the questions that get sent to me on my telephone at 949 374 0786. All right. How did my dad acquire the lease at Dana Point? And no, no 99 year lease has ever been written in California, Dave Burris. My father attained the lease in Dana Point back in 1967 when they started to build Dana Point Harbor. He was asked if he would like to move his operation from the San Clemente Pier to Dana Point Harbor. At that time, he had about not eight or nine boats running off the San Clemente Pier. So what he did was he took the concession at Dana Point Harbor because he was a visionary and he thought saw that if he didn't take the concession there, whoever did would put him out of business. So in 1967, with a handshake, he started. And then in 1969, they sat down and wrote up the papers and then in 1971, they completed Dana Point Harbor. My father was the very first business in the harbor. And in 71, when they opened it up, they opened up the entrance. There was not a dock in there. There was nothing in there. there we had a trailer that we ran our boats off, off that little pier in the very back end of the harbor. All the boats were anchored up in the harbor. 
which was spectacular at the time because we had them moored off the San Clemente Pier. So we moved them into Dana Point Harbor in 1971. And then you bought your ticket in a trailer and then you walked out on the little pier and there was a ramp you went down and the boats would pick you up on the pier. And then about four months later, they completed the docks in front of where the docks are today. We moved our trailer, we drug it over there and we put it out in the parking lot which was all dirt at the time. There was no asphalt. There was no trees. There was no plants. There was not, no concrete. And we ran out of a trailer there for the first almost year. And then they completed our building, which my sister and brother still run out of there. And uh, that's how that whole Dana Point thing came together, Dave. Thanks for asking. But yeah, no 99-year lease, 30-year lease. Or excuse me, the first lease was 40 years. And then the new lease is 30 years. So now my sister and brother are operating on a 30-year lease. Okay. Matt Martin, you won that shirt. Did you get your shirt? Hopefully if you got it. Kelly sent it out. If you haven't got it, you'll get it any day now. It should be there already. I don't know, Matt. We'll see. When you captain boats, do you keep a logbook? And what info do you like to write down from the previous trip? Matt, what, I keep a logbook of every trip. I keep track of every trip. When we leave in the morning, I write down how many people were on the boat. When I was running sport boats, we wrote down how many, and I just kept that going as I went into the, went into the guide service and the yacht business and the whole thing. I write down how many people are on the boat. I write down what the weather conditions are like in the morning when we're leaving the harbor, southeast, northeast, northwest, da, da, da. what the wind's doing, what the weather looks like. When we start to get out to our general destination, I'll write down what the water's starting to look like, clarity, dates are always important, time of day, what's happening. If we start to see fish, I'll try to jot it down real quick or I'll try to put it in my phone. I keep a lot of notes on my phone. I'll jot it down real quick. What's happening? Starting to see fish at 8.30 in the morning, wherever we are, the 181, the 209, the 267. Put that kind of down in there. Kind of go through the day as much as I can. A lot of times stuff's happening so fast that you have to go back and put the stuff down on the in the book on the way in. But you try to keep, you try, you try to keep, track of everything that's going on out there you try to make sure that you don't forget about the key things that happen all you do is look for sport boats well good for you brandon good luck with that i hope it all works out well for you buddy you keep on doing what you're doing i need to get him out of here hold on a second there no more brandon brandon's gone bye-bye brandon Bye. Had to block somebody. Haven't had to do that for a few days. But we did. Gang, real easy to get blocked. Real easy. Make a dumb comment. I'll give you one. I give you one. Then the second one, you're blocked. You don't have to ever watch me again. It's real simple. It's super easy. It's super easy. You don't have to watch me. But back to the logbook. So on the I want to know what time we started to see fish, what time we started to catch fish. Then I'll look back and I'll see what the tide was doing. If I'm at the islands fishing, I'm going to talk about current. I'm going to talk about water clarity. I'm going to talk about all the different things that matter because everything matters. Like we talk about all the time, everything matters. So if you can put together a logbook, and then even if it sucks, if you go out there and you don't catch anything, when and it sucks, that all that stuff needs to be written down too so you can start to put together a, a plan and start to understand. So if you went out southeast in the morning and you didn't find any fish and then you finally found a fish at the end of the day and you went there and you did that, all those things matter. Bad fishing matters. Good fishing matters. Conditions, water, all that stuff matters. What did you say, Dave? What was the name of the guy that ran the tackle shop at the end of the pier? Bob Hart. Okay, Sean Doyle. Haven't seen you in an awful long time, Sean. 
Sean won a thousand US dollars from us last year for a phenomenal picture of a Dorado. We didn't see you for an awful long time. I'm like, huh, he, may, he got his thousand dollars. You just quit fishing. Two questions. What is the best way to search for breezers when the water is anything but glass? And second question. I know you're typically a bait fisherman. When you go searching for surface irons, do you spend all the time at the jig wall that I see a ton of guys doing? I know what I want, swimmer, but is it all that pickiness really that necessary? No, because to tell you the truth about surface iron, I love surface iron, baby. If they're biting, I'll fish the surface iron. But um, Bob and Bren, Bren was his wife. They worked out there on the end of the pier. Then they came with my father to Dana Point Harbor and uh, ran the, the rent rod part of Dana Wharf. And then Bob was the manager for a little while in the very beginning for my dad. And then got too old to work. But um, the whole surface iron thing, I... I I love bait. Bait's my thing because everything eats bait. But I can fish the plastics and I can fish the iron. All the iron fishing and plastic fishing, all it's about is being able to cast. If you can cast, you got 99.9% .9 of the plastics and the iron thing figured out. If you can cast and if you can if you can uh, figure out the right speed and, and all that stuff, Sean, but... Those jigs that are all hanging on the wall, you know the kind of lure you like. You know the kind of lure you fished with last time, a taddy or a salus or whatever the lure is, a kicker jig or whoever. Nobody's sponsoring the show, so I'm not going to talk about one jig. It'd be real easy if they did. They would sell thousands of lures. But the industry so this industry is so messed up. They don't understand social media. The sport fishing industry does not understand social media. The tackle companies don't understand it. But uh, hopefully they get on board and they start to understand it because there's so much potential. Anybody that spends money on a print ad trying to advertise their lures or something, you're missing the boat, gang. This is where everyone gets their information from, podcasts and from uh, videos. But you don't know how the lure is going to swim until you toss it out in the water. Now, I could have a thousand taddy lures and nine, 999 of them will swim bitching and one won't swim right. It's just the way that they came out of the mold or the way they put the hole in the back for the, for the treble hook. There's so many different things that have to do with the way that the surface iron swims. So... You can't really figure it out on the wall. You just have to get, yeah, he taught me to, too. You just got to get, figure out what lures you like, take them out there and throw them in the water and see how they swim. But the way they're hanging on the wall is not going to tell you how they swim. Then the best way to start to figure out these breezers that are out there on the water is the water is going to be a different color. And it's not going to be a big time different color. But it's going to be a different color. It's You're going to be able to see the color. And also when they're breezing, they're doing what we call shining, where they're kind of twitching on their side every once in a while. And uh, you can see them shining while they're breezing. There's so many aspects to this bluefin thing. But when there's a little bit of chop on the water, it's really hard to see. But it'll make a different color in the water. So that might help you to better understand it. But until you actually see all these different scenarios for yourself, you'll never know. What's the best way to play hooky from work and go fishing instead? Asking for a friend. The very best way, the very, very, very best way is to call the night before and just tell them, I have a eye problem, really bad eye problem today, boss. I cannot see coming into work. No, I'm just kidding. Now, the best thing to do is call the night before, though, and put it out there that you're super sick and you probably aren't going to, you're going to, you're going to try to sleep this off. You've been up all night, just absolutely not feeling good. Put on a lot of sunscreen. Cover your body up real good. The last thing you want to do is go into work the next day with a suntan or a sunburn. So make sure you cover up real good 
You don't, and don't, it's almost impossible to not be seen out fishing now. Someone inevitably is going to take your picture. So that's a big problem when you go fishing nowadays with everybody having a camera. So it's real sketchy. Real sketchy to take a day off from work to go fishing. Best thing to do is talk to your boss before and say, hey, boss, I love to fish. There's The fish are starting to bite. I might have to take a couple days off to go fishing. What do you think? I'll work extra on the weekends. I'll do whatever. I'll switch it up a little bit. Because last thing you want to do if you don't have to is go out on the weekends when all the booger eaters are out there. If you can go weekday fishing, you're going to be stoked. You're going to have the time of your life. Gang, we were talking real quick about the bluefin. And I know that there was a young gentleman on here, Brandon, who just could not wait. He was so excited. He wanted to make sure that I knew how bitching he was. So he had to talk a bunch of crap. And now he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. But we're talking bluefin. We're talking everything fishing like we do every day on the show. But why we were talking, why the title is Secrets for Fishing Bluefin is because this Carnata slow pitch jig is an absolute game changer. This thing is absolute a fish caller. This thing calls the fish in. They can't help themselves. The color matches the hatch. It matches that sardine anchovy that's out there. It matches the hatch. It's already rigged up, ready to go. You don't have to do any magical stuff to it. It comes right straight from Fish Lab, just like this. They're Carnata slow pitch jig. This is an absolute fish killing machine right here. They can't help themselves. This is the 10.6 ounce. Why am I using such a heavy one? Because at night we're fishing that bluefin in about 200 feet of water. And as you've seen, if any of you have been out on the boats at night, the first guy down, when, when the captain stops and says, all right, let him go. I'm marking him at 200 feet. The first jig down there gets bit. Those fish are hungry. This 10 ounce lure is going to get down there lickety split. Quick, quick, quick. Then this thing fishes. Most of the lures that they're using are only good on the drop. This slow pitch Carnata jig is able to be jigged down there, which is a game changer. You don't have to wind up 100 feet, then drop it back down to get bit. You can actually jig this down there. You can actually pull up on your rod. And then as you start to drop the tip, keep contact with the lure. You just don't want to pull up on the rod, drop the tip down and let it flutter without any. You pull up on the rod and then you drop your tip slowly as the lure's fluttering down there. And you're going to feel that fish pick that thing up because you're not hitting the bottom. You're going to feel it pick it up and then you're going to turn the handle as fast as you can. All those hooks that are on there already, those things are going to get lodged in that bluefin's mouth. I want you to go to your local tackle store or call, jump online and find these. They make several different colors. I like this color, this color pattern, because of the fact that it has pretty much sardine colors on his back, anchovy colors on his belly. He's nice and shiny, but he's got the dots and the spots on his back. This thing's going to look identical to that sardine. Also, these things can be pitched into a foamer. If you keep contact with them, they'll get bit in the foamer too. These things are phenomenal for bluefin. It's an unbelievable lure. And it's the best part about it is most of the lures that you buy today to go out and fish this at night, you have to go buy a hook set up and you have to go get this, take it to a tackle stop and get it rigged up. These are coming straight out of the factory, ready to go, ready to go fishing because why? Because Mike Bennett and his guys over there at Fish Lab, they already know. They're out there fishing all the time. They know that it's silly to sell a lure that's not rigged up to do what it's supposed to do, catch fish. I can't imagine going and buying a lure that I got to go spend another $20 rigging. Because this lure, these aren't, these aren't inexpensive. So why would you buy one that you have to go buy and rig it? Doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. Go check out Fish Lab. They got a cool website. Look at all the stuff they got on their website and look at the slow pitch, the Carnata slow pitch jigs and check it out. There's several different colors. 
Your color is going to be different than mine. You have to use the color you think works. If you think you need a glow-in-the-dark lure, then you got to have a glow-in-the-dark lure. Glow-in-the-dark lures catch people wide open. Wide open. Glow-in-the-dark lure is the most phenomenal fisherman catcher that's ever been invented. I think it's hilarious. I know that you've caught plenty on the glow-in-the-dark lure, and that's your go-to lure, and I know you need to have one. But it's just like fish scent. It's just like all the other gimmicks out there. They catch humans wide open. All right? That's just my take on that. Dan and Kim, where is the best place to anchor for the night? Front side, pyramid point to hole in the wall. Not East End, China Cove. No, no, no. In Pyramid Cove itself, Dan, all the way up in Pyramid Cove itself, in the very center, dead center, middle of Pyramid Cove, when you're driving in there, you look to the left. First, you're going to see dead center in the middle of the cove, there's a sandy beach with a big rock right in front of the sandy beach. To the left of that is a big cliff, which is spectacular to get up, a, up on the edge of that cliff and drop your anchor. There's kelp stringers there with big double grade A whitefish living on the stringers. No one ever fishes for them. You can fish big white fish all night. The yellowtail get in there early in the morning. It's like 45, 50 feet deep, right on the edge of the right on the edge of the wall of the cliff. And the neat thing about the cliff is it blocks that northwest wind big time. And then I'll send you the numbers when I get off of the show and I'll send you exactly where you want to anchor up there. The front side of the island up White Rock per se and all that stuff, it's susceptible to that northwest wind. There's one little spot down east called Fish Hook. Great place. You got to really know it, though. It's not a place to go driving around it in the nighttime if you've never been in there. But it's a wonderful place to anchor up and spend the night if you know the cove, if you know all about it. It's not a place to go explore on your first trip. Pyramid in the dead center in the middle of Pyramid is the very best place for all exploration and all the cool things that you can accomplish driving around and not have to worry about hitting anything. Where the front side, there's too many rocks, too many boulders, too many things going on where you could have a real big problem. So that's that. Oh, John Stanley, how are you, my friend? How are you? Hey, your line seems to always get twisted up when you're trolling the cedar plug. How do I fix that? Better swivel. Not all swivels are created the same. Some swivels don't swivel when they're supposed to swivel. It's super important to make sure that you have a real swivel. So if you don't have a real swivel, and that one that comes on the end of the cedar plug, that's not going to cut it. You need a nice snap swivel between the little black swivel that comes on the cedar plug and your rod. One more nice big snap swivel with a big bearing, ball bearing swivel on it. That'll help you tremendously if you got a good swivel to stop the line from twisting. Okay. Dave Lee, when are we getting to see the guitar fish cleaning? As always, I love the show. Here's the thing, Dave. I was with Tommy Gomes. I was so blessed that Tommy spent, he spent four hours with me and we made so many phenomenal videos and they're getting so many views. I have next week, you're going to see a whole bunch of filet videos because his fish cutter, there is no one on the planet better at cutting fish than Tommy's fish cutter. But this is going to send all these fish cutters into orbit. It's going to send them into orbit because they all, they're great fish cutters. I don't, I don't think there's anybody better. Tommy and I both said we'll put up all our money against anybody that wants to come in there and try to cut against Tommy's fish cutter. But because of that, we made a whole bunch of really cool videos of cutting the mongchong, cutting the opa, cutting white sea bass, cutting rockfish, cutting halibut, cutting, uh, oh yeah, the opa. We got way deep into the opa filleting. There was just so much stuff going on that, yeah, I got the shovel nose shark videos and we got them and they're coming out. and It's going to be super cool. But I got so much content when I was there with Tommy. All I wanted to do was cut a, cut a guitar fish. All I wanted to do was cut one guitar fish. 
and it turned into a three, four hour day of just making the most unbelievable videos and eating some of the best food I've ever eaten in my life. The fish that Tommy has down there, there isn't anything better. And the different types of fish and all the different things and all the history, you just got to be ready to sit down and shut up and listen to Tommy because for me to shut down and shut up and listen is been a struggle for me, but I was able to do it. I was able to sit down and listen to Tommy Gomes. And my God, I learned so much about fish and I learned so much about how to eat fish and the proper way to eat them. So that's how, that's what's going on. But the guitar fish is coming. I made a beautiful video. It's nine minutes long right now. We're chopping it up. And uh, the, 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 the video came out really good. I think you're going to really like it. Dave Hanson, my name's Grant. I am watching the podcast and had a question for you. Do you use drones to find the fish and is this effective? Nope. We have some of the best drones in the industry. I have a phenomenal drone. They don't work for finding fish. Why? Because you spend the whole time you should be looking for fish, trying to make sure you don't lose your three or four or five, six thousand dollar drone. And that drone's flying around and then there's no GPS on the drone. So you'd send that drone off out the starboard side of the boat and it's you spin it out there three, 400, 500 yards, whatever your drone can go, eighth of a mile, whatever, away from the boat. And it's normally windy out on the water. So now you got the wind factor, you got all these things going on and you got the guy that's supposed to be looking for fish, you got him trying to find out where's the drone because now the drone's starting started to see a kelp patty but you have no idea where the flipping drone is because it's a speck out there on the horizon you don't know do you turn left do you turn right i gotta call the drone back no it doesn't work it's a giant nightmare because you don't want to lose your drone and a good drone starts at about three grand so you don't want to lose the drone. It's super gnarly. The very best thing for finding fish is if you're going to spend three or four or five grand on a drone, you should have bought a pair of gyro stabilizing binoculars, Fraser, Frasers, not, not Fuji Stabies, not stabilized gyros starting at three grand, ending at six. Jimmy Kingsmill can get them for you all day for somewhere between three and four grand. He's the distributor on the west coast of the Mariners. If they if they're not Mariner, if they're not Mariners, they're, they're probably not real. If they didn't cost three grand, they're not real. Don't waste your money on a drone to try to find fish. It's not gonna work. I promise you. If it worked, all the all the sport boats, everybody would be flying them. It doesn't work. It's not going to work. And your sister's brother's aunt's cousin that told you it worked, they're full of crap. They probably went out one day when it was flat glass calm. There were no other boats around. And they threw the drone up in the air and they found some fish in a few minutes. You would have found them anyway. Once that drone gets out of your eyesight, and if it's your drone, like it's my drone, <laughs> the only thing I want to do is find my drone. I can't, I, I'm freaking out. I need to know where the drone is. I'm going to push, I'm going to push the button to bring the drone back to me. Now I have no idea where it just took off from to come back to me. No, it doesn't work. There's too many variables. There's too many things that can go wrong. It's not worth it. I pick up a pair of gyro stabilizing binoculars and start to look. Your eyes are the best thing for looking. Most people, when they go offshore fishing, don't have any binoculars. So they spend the whole day fishing for boats. They go from boats to boats to boats to boats. Oh, look at there's three boats over there. We better go check them out. Oh, look at there's four boats over there. We better go check them out. Oh, look at there's another boat over there. If you would have spent a tenth of the time you've spent looking for boats, you probably would have found a bunch of fish. Same thing with the drone. You're going to spend the day trying to figure out where the hell the drone is. What's going on? I need to get the drone. I have to figure out where my drone went. I got to find my drone. I need my drone. Da -da 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 -da. No, doesn't work. Sorry. Yeah, I saw this. 
Brian, I saw this OPA. It, we had a 147 pounder. I made that video. You guys all saw it. That was the second largest ever caught in California. They just caught the largest ever caught in California. 188.6 pound OPA. Yeah, and I guarantee you there's lots more, way bigger, living underneath those uh, bluefin, yellowfin. They like to follow them around and eat the food that they kill that sinks down through the school of fish. They're always down in that deep water, a couple hundred feet underneath the boat. It's pretty fun. You drop a bait down there and catch an opa. It's a, it's a, it's a bucket list fish. It is a bucket list fish. It's no, thank you, Brian. Watching us from uh, 45 minutes outside of Chicago. Thanks, Brian. I, I, I just am blown away by all the people that are watching the show all the time. You get fish flu all the time. Yep, I understand that. I used to have a lot of guys that would go fishing with me and go, Captain Dave, please don't film me today. I'm all, why? Or don't video me. I'm sorry, don't say film, Dave. That's old. Don't video me today. I'm like, why? Because I'm supposed to be at work and I, I got the fish flu. I called in sick today. <laughs> yep. Crazy. So, um, gang, if you got a question, you want to text it into the show, the number is 949-374-0786. That's how you get a hold of me. If you got a question you wanted me to answer, you want to talk to me, send in those questions, gang. Don't forget to check out my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, gang. There's no better way to learn how to do all this fishing stuff than going on my website, it's the most comprehensive website that's ever been built to teach you how to fish, how to drive your boat, how to park your boat, how to tie up your boat, how to fillet your fish, how to do everything that you need to know to do when you're out on your boat. I have over 500 and I think 580 videos counting all the podcast, counting all the hot spots videos and all the where to, how to videos. And then all the videos about everything, bluefin to to halibut, everything in between, white sea bass, everything. Absolutely cover the whole gamut. There is nothing that I missed, I promise you. And if I did, all you have to do is tell me and I'll make you a video. So grab that QR code right now, gang, and go take a free look at my website. Also, I built a phenomenal app that goes along with the website to teach you how to fish in Southern California. All that's available at yoursaltwaterguide.com. Those of you on your podcast, driving around, listening, always check out yoursaltwaterguide.com or just send me a text message right now. I want a free look at your website, Dave. Send me a text message at 949-374-0786 and I'll be more than happy to give you a free look. Gang, we got all kinds of cool stuff coming down the pipe. Next week, I got Jody Morgan, who used to own the Apollo. Now he has a charter boat in Fiji. He's going to be live with us on the show next Friday from Fiji. It's going to be insane. If you've ever thought about, I want to go to Fiji and go fishing, you're going to want to watch this show. Jody took the... The California sport fishing attitude and the long range attitude. And he took it to Fiji. He built the most spectacular fishing boat. When you see what he's got going on in Fiji, you're going to be blown away. Catching some of the most incredible bucket list fish you've ever seen in your life. And then on this Friday, we have my good buddy, Bill Varney. He's surf fishing guru, dude. The guy's got it going on. He has spent more time surf fishing than anybody I know. His, his website's fishthesurf.com. I want you to check out Bill Varney on the show on Friday. It's going to be insane. Also, I have a, uh, a really cool uh, guest in two Excuse me, in three weeks, we're going to have the great Mark Wish on the show. We have so many guests lined up 
Fridays, every Friday now, people are wanting to be on the podcast, and it's cool. The podcast has grown so big, so quickly. I'm so happy. I want to thank all of you. But don't forget, one of you are going to win a free T-shirt today just by sending in a question. Send me in a question, and I'll be more than happy to answer it. Gang, I told you all that after that full moon, when we came out of that full moon, all holy heck was going to break loose. White sea bass biting at Catalina. Dorado biting on the nine-mile bank, Dan and Kim. Uh, bluefin biting all over the place. Yellowtail biting really good on the Cortez and the Tanner bank. Thousands of tuna on the Cortez and the Tanner. Just unbelievable the amount of fish that have moved into Southern California after this moon. And the water's 73, 74 degrees. You guys have the remnants of... Uh, Tropical Storm Eugene up in Southern California right now. I was watching Channel 5 News this morning. They're saying you got a good chance of getting some rain out of this one. That's pretty crazy. I think you guys are in store for just one of the most spectacular, epic September, October, Novembers that Southern California has ever seen. August is already going bonkers full speed. The little bit of Sea bass that's been going on at the Channel Islands. That's historic. There's so much stuff. And I will send it to you again, Max. All you got to do is send me your uh, email address and I'll send you uh, back your uh, membership. It rained in Santa Clarita. How weird is that, Mike Lewis? Crazy. Gang, also do me a favor. If you feel that the show is informational and you, you like it and it's entertaining, please feel free to sprinkle some stars, Facebook stars. You can sprinkle the stars all over this, this podcast. If you can't figure out how to sprinkle the stars over on YouTube, grab that QR code I just flashed up on the screen there. You can Venmo Kelly Girl and I, a couple bucks. It all helps, helps feed the rescue animals, my rescue monkey. If you've never seen my show before, this this uh, backdrop behind me, that's my monkey's house. That's Marley. Let's see if he's up there hanging out. He usually likes to hang out during the show up in this little box up top. There he is. He's out. Come here. Come here. Come here. He's right here. He doesn't want to come. He's kind of being shy. He doesn't want to come on the show, but he's up on the top there. That's a monkey. A rescue monkey that Kelly and I rescued from a family that should have never had a monkey. We got a couple rescue cats. There's Marley. You can see his little head right above my hat right there. That's my monkey. Check him out. Pretty cool. He's our rescue monkey. His name's Marley. Everything that you guys give us goes to help and feed the monkeys and decorate in their house and uh, feeding the cats. So thank you for the stars. Thanks for everybody for everything you do. Sorry that that one gentleman jumped on here and made a bunch of rude comments. I got rid of him as fast as I could, gang. Got rid of him as fast as I could. We don't need that in our lives. You don't need it. And I sure don't need it. There's enough negativity in the world. We don't need to share it here on the show. If there anybody else that has a question, gang, feel free to send it on in here. Marley knows his name absolutely. Oh, my gosh. He gets so excited when it's breakfast time and he's down in his down at the bottom of his cage. When I come up the stairs, because I keep a camera in here to watch him, and when I come up the stairs, I'll start saying his name, and he gets – I don't know. Maybe he's just excited because he knows it's feeding time, but I like to think he's excited because he knows his name. But he seems to come when I call him. He likes to jump on my shoulder when I call him. So – I think he knows his name. I think he knows his name. Gang, tomorrow is going to be text the show Thursday with my beautiful wife, Kelly girl. Look at now he's coming over. You want to see? You want to come? Come on, buddy. My beautiful wife, Kelly's always joins us on the shows on Thursday. She tries to answer anybody's questions. A couple of our members sent us some cool videos of their wives catching fish because they listen to Kelly's corner on the website and they listened to Kelly girl on Thursdays and they did it right. They went out on a calm day. 
They didn't spend 20 hours out on the water. They spent four or five hours, caught some fish, went home, had a nice lunch in the harbor. And there's so much more to this fishing thing than just fishing. There's so much more to owning a boat than just owning a boat. There's so much more to this that makes it so much more enjoyable if you learn all the ins and outs. And that's the really cool thing about the website. It really helps you out tremendously to make sure that you don't make some of those giant mistakes that we did when we were younger. And now our friends and our wives and our girlfriends don't want to go fishing with us because we made a big mistake. You don't want to do that. You don't want to make that mistake. You don't want to be, oh my gosh, they won't go fishing with me no matter what. It's crazy. It's so crazy that we're able to blow it so easily by doing that. Thank you very much, Bob. Yep. All I got is my honesty. All I got is me. Gang, if you want to know if I'm new, a lot of people, oh, you're new. You, yeah, I started in 1974. And my dad started in 1947. So, yeah, compared to you, we're pretty new to this whole fishing thing. And I know you know way more than I do. But uh, Dan, how do I check a rod to see if the tip is flexible like you recommend for braid? What you do is you go take it out of the rack, have one of the guys that work in the store hold the tip, just the tip, and then you lift the rod up and you're going to watch. It'll bend down about four or five guides. And then it'll shut off and it'll get real stiff. It'll bend, but the, the other part of the rod will stay stiff, like on my nine-foot uh, PCH rods. It bends the first four guides and then it shuts off. That's the only way you can tell. You got to actually pick the rod up and give it a little bend. Don't grab it in the middle. Don't grab it. at. Only hold on to the tip with your index finger and your thumb, holding the tip guide, the very the guy right at the very end of the rod. Right, hold on. Let me show you. When you grab your rod to see if it's going to bend, this is where you hold it. Right here. You have to hold it right there and bend it. And see how it bends down? One, two, three, four. And then it stiffens up. That's my nine foot. And see how it's not bending down in here? It's bending right and it shuts off. That's what you want. You want it to bend the first three or four guides and then shut off, but you don't want to grab it here and bend it because it'll break right there, always at the tip, and then lift slowly, and you can see where it stops bending. That's called where it shuts off. It's super important when you're fishing with straight braid. You have to have that little bit of, you have to have that little bit of uh, give right there because Braid doesn't have any stretch, so when you set the hook, it snaps. Yes, Tim, absolutely. Navionics, look, I got it on my phone. Navionics saves my butt all the time. It's an app. Put it on your phone. I think it's 20 bucks, 40 bucks, 20 or 20 or 40 bucks, anywhere. When I was on that boat fishing in the Sea of Cortez, you can see the highlighted areas. Those are the ports over in the Sea of Cortez that I absolutely needed to know coming in or out, where to get fuel, where the rocks are, all the different things. All those highlighted areas, I can just zoom in and it tells me exactly what it looks like in there. So I can go in there and get fuel, do all the cool things. Same with on the West Coast. Over here, use it all the time. San Clemente Island, Catalina, wherever I'm fishing, I use it all the time. I use it all the time. It's a great tool to have. I know a lot of you have probably been out on your boat before and your electronics quit working. Or you couldn't figure out how to do something. Navionics is on my phone all the time and it works even if you don't have cell service. I know, it's weird. I can't, I'm not a tech guy, but I'm sure somebody on here is. But yeah, Navionics is a phenomenal tool. I would definitely suggest having it on your phone. What I really need a guest to come on with is Vessel Assist or CTO. I've called Mac at CTO 20 times, text him 30 times. 
I guess he doesn't want to be on here, so I guess maybe we'll just promote Vessel Assist. Whoever you know, anybody that owns that service on the West Coast that wants to be on a podcast that people actually listen to that own boats, that you have to have a service. CETO or um, Vessel Assist, and we'll talk about that on a show, but I just wanted to put that out there. I would love to have one of the people that owns that on the show. Mac owns CETO, but for some reason he's scared to come on the show. I don't know. I guess he doesn't like money or something. I don't know. Who am I to judge? It's like I said in the beginning of the show. The industry doesn't even know how social media works. Really, really, really. The industry is still in the dinosaur age. They don't know how social media works. They don't, they don't know none of you are reading anymore. You're watching videos and you're watching podcasts and you're driving around in your cars. This is where it's at. This is where it's at. If you want to get seen, if you want to get heard, this is where it's at. Give me a call. If you got some cool stuff you want me to help you sell, let me know. We're not going to get smaller. We're only getting bigger. You can watch the numbers yourselves. You don't take it from me. Watch the numbers, gang. They're growing every single day on all of our stuff. Go look at those videos that I post with Tommy Gomes. My gosh, they're going absolutely bananas right now. And it's all about views. It's all about people seeing your stuff. You think anybody's going to go down to Tunaville Market and Grocery now that they've seen those videos of all that cool stuff to eat? Not Yes, you can call me, but not right now, Max. You can call me after the show. But um, do you think anybody's going to Tunaville Market and Grocery that have seen those videos and seen all that cool food? I bet you they are. I'll bet you somebody's going. I'll bet you somebody's going to go down there and get some cool food. Yeah. Let's see. We're trying to figure out who we're going to give this uh, who we're going to give this T-shirt to. Grant, Grant, that asked about the the drone. You're getting a shirt. Grant, send me your shirt size and your address. You're getting a free shirt today from the show. Your saltwater guy. That's how it works, gang. I I beg you and I ask you all the time to try to uh, send in your questions. It's real easy. I give you, pick a new person every week to give a free shirt to. Grant's getting that shirt because I don't want him using a, I do not want him using a drone to try to find fish. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad Marley's so, he is, he's pretty special at our house too, but thank you. Yep, there he is right above my head. Do you only have one size stickers? I have a bunch of new stickers I just had made, Tim, and I didn't leave any in San Diego. My sister has them all at Dana Orr Sport Fishing. They're about the size of this now with the QR code on them. So, and then at the show, I have probably 10 different sizes. Got round ones, square ones, business card size ones, big giant ones. But uh, did I leave any in San Diego? Nope, because I'm a booger eater. And I totally messed up and forgot. Well, Ross, then you should come on the show and talk about the service. Since none of the owners want to talk about it, maybe you can come on and talk to them and tell them what it's all about. I'd love to have you as a guest on the show to talk about Vessel Assist or CETO and how important it is and what it what it's like if you don't have it. How much does it cost to get towed or have gas brought out to you or have your battery jumped? It's just AAA on the water, but we'll have a whole show about that, gang. Marley's, now he's fired up. Now he's acting like he usually acts. He was hanging out in his box. Now you can see him up there behind me running around, having a good time. Gang, we will be here with you tomorrow. My beautiful wife, Kelly Girl, is joins me every Thursday to answer your questions. Make sure you, gang, she's out shopping right now. I need you all to help me. Send in, I don't care. Make up questions. Do something. She doesn't think she's valuable to the show. I need you all to help me. Please send in the questions for Kelly Girl tomorrow. Whatever. Make up stuff. Mike Lewis, you're the best at making her feel good. Send in stuff, Mike. Everybody, please, please, please. 
I have to beg her to be on the show. As you see, when we're doing the show, she's not very comfortable in front of an audience. She, so help me out, everybody. Please help me. Let's make Kelly feel more comfortable. Make some questions. Figure something out to ask her. You follow along with Mike Lewis's lead. Mike always is making Kelly Girl feel good. Everybody else, please help me. Please, please help me to make Kelly feel more comfortable on the show. I need her to be a part of the show. The viewership goes up tremendously when she's on. I know nobody wants to look at my ugly old face, but when my beautiful wife's on the show, viewership goes up. Thank you all very, very much for making all this possible. I'm very, very honored and blessed to be able to do this every day. And it's only because of all of you. So thank you very, very much. And I'll see you all tomorrow. Let's make Kelly's day. Let's send in lots of questions tomorrow. Those of you on Spotify and all the other podcast carriers, please, if you're listening to the show while you're driving home, text me 949-374-0786. Text in your questions. Please, please, everybody, I need a lot of questions. I need my phone to just be buried with questions tomorrow. Let's blow her mind. Thanks, everybody. Bye.